Hello, podcast listeners for LOP Radio. Uh, my name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and today is going to be a very different. If you saw my uh, Twitter feed, you would know that I uh, have been like it's all over the place. <laughs> I guess that's a good way to explain it. I am. Well, I'm currently trying to bloody figure out the thing for the lots of people. I'm multitask so much, uh, but I uh, have uh, obviously people are working from home in like my house. Uh, and the workstation has been clogged all over the place. So tonight's show, I've literally, like, last minute, I've had to clear off a whole load of stuff and I've only just got everything ready, like, right in time for the end. So I am now currently updating the Nozzle Pain page with something. So the, tonight's show is going to be extremely freeform, but I've, at least I've got a topic to tie it all down in uh, WWE and AW. How are they coping with uh, coping to all the adjustments in this difficult time? Uh, have the empty arenas actively hindered the shows or have they adapted into something unique and entertaining? Uh, and I am now going to be uh, going live on both podcast and YouTube just to link it all together. So I'll join you in a second. You'll just hear me click, clicking about and then I'll play the button for the theme tune to play. Oh, right, going live. Going live. <laughs> this is gonna, every single week you're just going to hear me repeating it. Like Going live, going live. Right, uh, that is... Cool, switch to the right image, bloody play the theme tune, see you in a tad. Hello and welcome to uh, LP Radio on YouTube, on Spreaker and wherever you get your podcast feeds. My name is Matt Mayer aka Imp and this is LP Radio on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast you would have heard just the extra little bit beforehand whilst I'm clicking about getting the YouTube thing ready. It's a nice little bonus for the podcast version, like there's bits before and there's bits after as well. Uh, most people do save those for Patreons, ah not me, ah business mine, <laughs> not me. Uh, and uh, hope. unfortunately I'm not, well... Today, I kind of wanted to escape a bit because of the serious, uh, difficult time occurring right now with the COVID-19 and everything and people really in lockdown. Uh, we've seen in the this these past few days, both the UK and USA really uh, enter those peak, start, start to enter those peaking points and the numbers are fortunately going to keep doubling and doubling and it's, it's a crappy situation and uh, in my own house, I am... I've got people working from home, so my desk that I normally use for the show was absolutely covered in stuff to do with uh, work, th- work arrangements and things that people doing actual work. So I, uh, yeah, it's taken. I've like literally, I sat down, like finished everything with about five minutes left, and realised right now I can write my notes. <laughs> so it's fair to say that tonight's show is going to be extremely free form compared to last week's kind of bullet pointy thing. Uh, the interaction on last week's show was amazing, keeping me up to date as news was breaking. Thank God this week it's a lot more slowed down. It's not as bad. I've not actually got YouTube open, so I can't actually see who's talking. There we go. Finally. Finally see who's talking to me. But I will be talking about the the shows for WWE and AEW and how they are coping in this awful, crappy situation. Uh, how, how are the adjustments going down? Do they feel awkward? Are the shows actually still entertaining and watchable? Uh, so I want to talk about the actual product itself rather than getting bogged down in the depressingness of the actual world around to escape a bit. 
Because, like, really, that feeling came across whilst I was watching AEW Dynamite like, or from last night. It was just the thing of, I was able to escape in that. I, I just enjoyed the show. I wasn't constantly reminded of the crappy situation we were in or how awkward it all is to be doing something in front of an empty crowd. It's like, no, it was, it was a genuine fun time when they told their stories. It was really easy to get invested into. They adapt to their production and everything, and I'll get to them second because WWE is the big one on the own terms of like retaining an audience. I should talk about WWE first and how they've gone to the performance center. But also, I'm so rushed, I haven't even tucked my chair in. <laughs> I'm sitting on the edge of the chair and falling off it, so I apologize for the noise. Oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and my sound wall is too far back, but who cares? It's so rushed, I'm knackered, it's all over the place. Pretty certain we're live everywhere. I'm just going to... Yeah, unmuted. Perfectly fine. And speakers working fine. There's so many things to click about on. Right. Anyway, if you've got, I guess, opinions or things to throw in, like uh, just like last week, yeah, send me stuff in. There isn't brand new news flowing in constantly, so it isn't super necessary <laughs> to throw news items my way. There's been quite a few big things over the course of time, but really want to focus on SmackDown Raw and the... It's what and Walker put together, really, in one bracket, and AEW Live from Jacksonville as well. So, first WWE in the Performance Centre, and this show might be quite short as well, given how knackered I am and there's more stuff to do. Uh, uh, my work is in the uh, teaching world, and we've had it announced that schools are going to be like closing after Friday, so I've got no idea what my world's going to be like. I might be called in to help with stuff, or I might not. Who knows? So, yeah. So, anyway... Uh, also, I'll do WWE. If there are any like questions or things sent in, I will do WWE Performance Center talk and the shows from there. Then I'll answer questions on that topic. Then with AEW, whenever I've done this before, AEW gets like nothing. No one. I don't know why. I really enjoy AEW, but <laughs> all the questions are for WWE. Um, but yes, I'll read WWE questions then AEW questions if there are any. So uh, WWE with the Performance Center, and of course the news of WrestleMania taking place over both. Um, both uh, for both days of the weekend I think that, well I said two days I took that to mean Saturday and Sunday uh, I don't think they formally announced that I just assumed that was what they're going to do I saw somebody tweet like oh they're stealing it stealing the Wrestle Kingdom idea like, no <laughs> to be fair it's one of those things where it's, it's a, as WrestleMania's got longer and longer it's been a suggestion that's been thrown out there this isn't something that's come out of nowhere this idea it's the shows are getting longer and longer so try and get everybody on the cards it made sense that this idea would be thrown about and now this kind of like they've been kind of forced to do it. It's it's a crappy situation for it to be tested, but yeah. And because eight hours in front of an empty crowd would have been a bit of an ask, I think it's fair to say. But the actual shows themselves kind of focus on a bit. So like because I bought WrestleMania because these are like test cases for it. And you saw on SmackDown they had a lot more wrestling action on SmackDown. Apparently the word coming out was Vince McMahon thought that wrestling. Just pure wrestling in front of an empty crowd was a bit awkward, so Monday Night Raw had a lot more talky segments. And that, both, that obviously begs the question, well, but WrestleMania will be nothing but matches. <laughs> so surely uh, going, mm, I don't really like wrestling in front of an empty crowd, let's do loads of promos. That's, you're going to hit a bit of a wall there when it comes to WrestleMania, two shows in a row. Uh, maybe it's just for television to do more promos. Again, when you're building for WrestleMania, I can kind of forgive that anyway. You can get away with it, just doing loads and loads of promos instead of being, uh, I can't really speak, <laughs> doing loads and loads of promos instead of like going through matches and things to try and build that way. You can at least go through the promo when, you, when you're this close to WrestleMania. That is your saving grace for WWE right now. Uh, but how do shows feel? 
watching the shows from the performance center, obviously you see the empty crowd. Uh, they just uh, talk about the situation. Both WWE and AEW did that. It's a kind of like serious talk with people in the ring. WWE went with the commentators and uh, AEW went with Cody. It's kind of like the... He's somebody who is extremely relatable. He's really good at giving those uh, genuine feeling promos. Where, as he was, for me, he was kind of the perfect person to open the show like that. I don't think like Excalibur or Jim Ross would have kind of welcomed the show in such a manner you know, to kind of re- reach that thing. Uh, but yeah, so WWE went with that thing. Immediately, though, the awkwardness of the situation feels very apparent on both SmackDown and Monday Night Raw. SmackDown seemed to handle it comedy style with Triple H goofing about that. For me, being being aware of the situation and goofing about, SmackDown was really enjoyable because of that. And for me, Monday Night Raw, they tried to... In terms of the production and running of the show, they seemed to try to stick to the norm way too heavily. Uh, and uh, Stone Cold like acknowledged it. Um, I mean, it felt like an Eric Andre sketch <laughs> but the biosacked thing at the end. But that's kind of because it felt... The awkwardness was just oh, it oozed into it. <laughs> it was... Uh, it truly used like an alcohol-based cake. <laughs> it just fully oozed in. Like, oh, this is awkward, <laughs> Byron. Uh, hence why it felt so strongly like an Eric Andre sketch. But it... Um, yeah, so the awkwardness of the situation feels apparent. And for me, I can't escape in that. Like, I can enjoy it. So, like, especially for me, the wrestling is fine when it happens. Uh, the issue really is they haven't adapted their production enough. So they're trying to do the show they would kind of normally do with the kind of same format and breaking downs of it, while but really it needs a massive adaptation. And I feel like SmackDown did a much better job because of the Triple H goofing about, about stuff. They tried to just have some fun in this kind of crappy situation, whilst Monday Night Raw felt too much like it was trying to build to WrestleMania and be the serious wrestling show it always kind of is in parts. And for me, SmackDown did it better because of that kind of comedy aspect of what it's like and then when the serious notes hit you can do the serious serious notes but playing it off with uh, well really Jerry Lawler Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton I, I don't know there's something about it which um, it felt too the awkwardness felt too apparent like keeping this if like what feels like the scripted uh, commentator stuff and doing that with no crowd, like WWE's production style really relies on the crowd come reacting to it and stuff. And when there's no crowd to react, it's a, it's extremely awkward. And of course, the other thing that's not to their benefit is that they are packed inside this the performance center. They are inside this smaller location. And basically, uh, with AW being in an outside venue, I don't know what the laws are, rules are, sorry, currently in America, but... In terms of the, the earlier stages of the virus, the amount of people you can have in an outside venue compared to an inside is a lot higher uh, because of, again, scientific, I guess the medical advice was inside venues were, you recommend a lot smaller groups than outside venues, whatever that reasoning is. Of course, as the virus like spreads and it gets deeper and deeper into that those peak po- points, you see what happens in uh, across Europe with uh, France, Spain and Italy and Germany going to be like next on that list. The UK, assumably not far behind, where like you enter pure lockdown to try and spread the virus. So WWE, even though I pref- like AW had the massive advantage of being able to have like a few people in the crowd because of their outside venue status. However, once things progress, I don't know if they'll be able to do that 
like outside at all. I don't know to what level. Depends what America does. I don't because I've not looked into like the, the degrees of lockdown in Italy. Because of course, there's the you're able to go to work, but you're not able to do anything unless you're like, going to shopping, going to work, something like you have to have genuine reason to be out. I don't know if doing an outside venue would count. It is a like secured location, obviously, with it being that venue. Yeah, I don't know. So AW might come into a little bit of trouble um, in terms of the production of the thing, but it it felt so much uh, a more the, the the benefit of it feeling a bit more relaxed and a bit more entertaining because they could have other wrestlers in the crowd, but who weren't wrestling on the show compared to WWE where they so that smaller arena like you got your sent you got your skeleton crew for the production in the arena you got your commentary team really. Having three people on commentary probably uses one person in terms of how many people you can have in that room. That's one person who is not necessary. Like, <laughs> if you if you definitely want Jerry Lawler, I guess then you can have Jerry Lawler in there as well. Um, again, one thing that kind of made me laugh was Ryan sat and talking about the people at ringside. Like, oh, should Jake Roberts have been there? Because he was doing a tweet about it, and immediately I just thought. Well, well. First off, those rule, different rules for inside and outside venues. I don't know if it's the same in America currently. And again, as it progresses, those rules kind of get tighter. But um, obviously, if he tweets out that, I was like, "Well, you didn't tweet that for Jerry Lawler, who's in a he's a man with a heart condition in an inside venue where there would have been over ten people likely." And personally, if you're doing a skeleton crew production, don't waste a person on three commentators. It's just like a little adjustment thing. It worked perfectly on SmackDown with the two people. They can joke about and stuff. It was... Yeah, I, I didn't really dig the commentary thing. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's really weird. you got the awkwardness of the situation feeling really apparent in the WWE production, so I'm struggling to escape. But it's mixed in with genuine feeling of trying to make the best of a crappy situation. And... You've got the tense dra- st- stage play drama <laughs> coming out as well. Bray Wyatt uh, going viral on Twitter with with his speech to John Cena. People putting Twin Peaks mu- music over the top of it as well, <laughs> just to emphasise it. It's like, oh, this is like a dramatic theatre performance. <laughs> it's just it, like the tension, like wrestling, jumping from that high octane, crazy, mad world to uh, <laughs> to tense theatre drama. <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. It did make me laugh when I saw those tweets. And uh, Edge was kind of like a similar thing. Uh, Becky Lynch delivered quite a strong promo on Monday Night Raw as well. Where when he, they, for me, those serious promos, like the sit-down interview with Roman Reigns, like I liked that as well. The the quiet situations and another benefit for shifting. If WWE, if WWE being in WrestleMania season and if they want to do more promos instead of having a lot of wrestling, the benefit of WrestleMania and the fact that in a quiet crowd, those like promos and interviews work really well. And I can't really fault them. If you want to do more of that, because yeah, it'd be perfectly watched, it'll be perfectly entertaining, I'll be fine with that. Because they, they generally work in a quiet audience, you can get engaged in what they're saying, like not constantly interrupted by chants and things, and the often overproduced nature of a WWE arena show isn't really there, because they're in a the smaller arena, they don't, they're not going to be, and of course in a skeleton crew, you're not going to have a million cameras to jump between as well. So it all works really well in helping you get invested in what is being presented before you, which is just like two people talking, nice and calm and relaxed, and it works wonders. So, so that is for me one thing. If they're doing, if they're over the course of time going to be making adjustments, because who knows how long this will last for? Like being optimistic, or not optimistic, being for what I can see, what other places kind of the trajectory of it, and the kind of 
worrying situation of the handling of it in America. Again, I don't want to go too much into that because it's more about the shows. And this is more about how long might this last. My, my big example, if, if WWE were to delay WrestleMania to the rumoured date of early June, I think it was like 7th or 8th or 6th or something like that, that would be extremely optimistic. Looking at how other countries are doing, like booking a show, booking a WrestleMania for early June, expecting to be able to do a live show in front of a crowd, that's extremely optimistic. Like here in the UK, our like peak point is expected to be like April slash May, and USA is around a similar point to us. Like our trajectories are obviously they're massively differently sized countries with uh, obviously you've got the massively different context in how we're handling it as well. Uh, doesn't mean one's better than the other, it just means different. Who knows how it will go for either country. But with our peak point expected to be late May, early, sorry, late April, early May, then like early June as a point of doing shows again, I'll, yeah, don't, oh, sorry, don't bank on it, is all I'm saying. And in terms of how long these shows last, like this with no crowd, it could be a few months, like not just a month or. It could be a couple of months, or even if like people are allowed out with a bit more freedom after the peak is reached, then it could that could last two months. That kind of if you enter a lockdown period, that could last two months. And we're towards the end of March, and the USA and UK, we're not at that peak point yet. We're not on on that lock. We've not reached lockdown yet. Whilst across Europe, more and more countries have reached that status, and uh, Italy still obviously they've had a massive breakout, but still on lockdown. So these shows might last a while. It's a, it's a, yes. To bring it back pretty quickly, these shows might last a while. And who knows uh, how long they'll have to do it for. So in terms of like learning from it and making adjustments, like my number one takeaway is with the WWE style of production and if they want to continue doing the shows this way, promos really work in this quiet situation. They can, these shows you have to write them and make them, you have to put effort into these working. WrestleMania season, it kind of lends it naturally, but WWE have often in the past, after WrestleMania, they'll enter a little bit of a lull. And as in, that doesn't mean it's always bad, that just means it's not the creative high peak isn't at that point. And that might not lend itself to this slightly lighter on the wrestling, heavier on the promo approach to these performance center shows. So, and, and really just a, the sense of fun, that was what Monday Night Raw was missing for me. Uh, obviously, like obviously, the, the later stages, and he got silly Byron. Oh, he's so childish. That Byron. Oh, he's such such a good mother's boy. Oh, he's delightful. <laughs> but um, yeah, for, for me, uh, I'm fine with the serious kind of angles. Like, I'll, like I'm applauding SmackDown. Um, I'll get to the next kind of con that they kind of did. But I was yeah, supporting SmackDown. It had those serious moments. It had those jokey moments. Triple H was helping carry the show on a jokey fashion, keeping it entertaining. Um, but whilst it, when it wasn't in those like dramatic moments where you really had, I guess two scattered throughout the show where you had Edge and he had Becky Lynch, and yeah, they had Ray versus Humberto, then Stone Cold at the end, it was you know, Undertaker, AJ Styles. I forgot, yeah, <laughs> I completely forgot about that weird thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an interesting build. But they're doing that, and like the fun wasn't there throughout the middle portion of the show. Uh, I have to say middle, well, I say middle portion, because there was my my biggest con, and in the feeling the awkwardness of the situation, as a, as a, and again, mixed in with the genuine feeling of trying to make the best of a crap situation, like the airing of past events, I feel like past matches to fill up time, like when you see something like that and it's 
um, there to take up a big chunk of time. So in terms of creative and production, they can they don't have to do such a big thing. I don't again. I don't know if this is a in an in the arena problem where they can't have too many people there, so they have a skeleton crew, and that in that includes, I guess, the on screen cast where it's a skeleton crew again. Then why are you wasting a cast member on three people on commentary? Uh, <laughs> this person won't do that if that's the issue. If with WrestleMania, you're going to have to have more people, uh, and for all I know, that's why they split it rather than the old people might struggle to watch a show incredibly long show uh, with no crowd, but. It could also just be the amount of people at the venue. They couldn't have two shows worth, maybe. Who knows? Wouldn't be surprised if the Battle Royals are both cancelled. I say wouldn't be surprised. Given as well that, again, we're not at the peaks yet, the numbers are going to continue to rise, and the lockdowns and rules are going to get more and more enforced. There's also the chance that WrestleMania won't happen at all. Because that was the with the AW. They were pretty wise in their advertising for next week, where they announced matches, but they said, the next time we have Dynamite. They didn't say anything about anything else. <laughs> they didn't actually put a date on it. It's just whenever we are live next, who knows when that is, this is what will happen. So if they, again, the, the other benefit of uh, not having a show right on the corner, because they've just done their pay-per-view, they've got a big time gap to work with, which is pretty good for them. WWE don't have that. They've got a, like, a couple of weeks and it's WrestleMania. So, yeah. But, yeah, the big con with WWE when I'm already feeling the awkwardness of the situation, I'm not really doing that well to forget it. And then a whole hour is taken up by replaying a match. Uh, in terms of like rewatching it, for me, I was like, oh, this saves me an hour. Suddenly my, like the three hour Monday Night Raw where almost one hour is already taken up by adverts and then now I've got a full hour, take, which is taken up by the Men's Royal Rumble. Suddenly I can watch this three hour show in one hour. <laughs> Just And I'm not really skipping that much, which I was like, oh, this is great. I can actually spend time writing. <laughs> I spend time writing the uh, weekly column, uh, which is pretty much going to be on this same topic here. I can spend time on that. I can do like a Photoshopy thing. <laughs> Save my time on Thursday. Like so, it's it's a weird. It, but it, what it did do is it made it brought again the apparentness of the situation. So if I'm trying to escape and just en- enjoy an entertaining show, forget what's going on in the wider world, replaying a match like to take up that amount of time, like yeah, it, it's. It's blatant in its like uh, it's just blatantly oh yes the situation the filling time it, it yeah it's it you feel it which is uh, which is what AW did so well was to not do that and to fill the time and tell the stories and I was able to get invested in the show which I'll get to later but yeah with WWE it feels very very apparent right now that it's like you're being constantly reminded how awkward it all is and like yeah this 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 sucks but we're doing the best we can kind of thing. Like I, I didn't, I wasn't really getting super invested in the world or the stories of the characters. And like relating it as a TV show, because again, that's why it mixes in with the genuine feeling of trying to make the best of a crap situation. Because it's well, you can kind of forgive it. It's it's one of those where I, I'm I'm going to be jumping through these shows. I'm not going to be paying avid attention, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, right. So NXT, I've not watched. So I've applauded Monday, I've applauded SmackDown, not really Monday Night Raw. I've with NXT, I've not watched it yet, but I have heard that it's very VTR video package heavy, which is like really the biggest difference between AEW and WWE, as I was just saying. With the empty arena shows, uh, one was pure escapism, and the other felt like you were regularly reminded of the situation, which sucks. So yeah, I feel like I'm repeating myself quite a bit. 
So I guess <laughs> let's bring up the questions <laughs> just to see. Uh, oh, <laughs> if you sent that in, as I was just so I've just seen comment <laughs> saying uh, a bit repetitive. Yeah, that's, that's amazing that I'm. If, if you send that in at the same time, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> just me like I need to move on because I'm running out of. There's not really much to say. I've already dragged it out too much, and I need to jump to AEW, and then I can kind of wrap it up in a way. Kind of ironic when I'm talking about uh, WWE trying to fill time, and I'm I'm just like this is a bit. I feel like I've said everything I need to say, and then going around in circles. <laughs> it's like that's instead of filling time, I just jump to the next thing and maybe end early because it's AEW. Uh, I've a lot to talk about on the AEW show with WWE. It was fine, I guess. AEW got lots to talk about. You have know, so, WWE question. WWE is oh, the Matt Fratt reality TV. Uh, WWE is already on a steady decline in ratings and the stock market. Could this be the death blow? No, they'll be fine. The there's got the massive audience problem. WrestleMania is always a massive attraction as well. I don't know if this could it could. I don't know if it would damage it at all. I don't know if postponement was a wise idea because just postponed to when? Who knows how long this will last? It's it's a crappy situation. Like it's really difficult to work around. And with wrestling, like wrestling, it's one of those things where you look at it and well, look what's happened in Japan, where they're, they're obviously much further ahead than this in the West. Uh, and New Japan Pro Wrestling is full-on cancelled, like everything, continuous postponement, like the sports over here in the West. They're just they're postponing it. They're checking it again every few weeks to see, well, shall we cancel the next load of shows or not? And then they have cancelled the next load of shows. So who knows how long this will last? Because I'm talking about a crappy situation, but there's always the next chance that they can't do the shows come next week. So, and which again rules out WrestleMania completely. Then what do they do? Do they just cancel it? Do they whatever? It's it's not a difficult. It's not an easy situation. No matter what happens, it won't be the death blow. They make so they've made so much money from the overseas stuff. Like purely as a company, they'll be able to operate. It was um, yeah, and obviously the stock goes down in uncertain times. And it's fair to say that this is bloody uncertain. And you've seen what's happened to the stock market in the US. Like they are really really struggling. In this current situation, where of course people aren't spending as much as they are because they're so conscious about money, given that they've not, some people haven't got the income. So it's, yeah, it's quite, yeah, it's it's not certain times, therefore things are all over the place in terms of the uncertainty. Uh, and like, in terms of like, as a country, America is infighting pretty strongly right now. And to be fair, the guy at the top isn't helping uh, with. I don't. When you hear him talk, he's seemingly focusing on really weird stuff, and I don't know. It's kind of like, why are you doing this now? Why are you doing things to kind of help build your base for a campaign for your re-election, which it kind of comes across as. As in, it's not like normally I'd be like that. I don't really mind. You can you can politicians all the time use like a seriously thing and kind of twist it for the base. But on this, it's like it's the Chinese virus thing. I'm drifting. I didn't I said I didn't want to talk about other stuff but with the Chinese virus thing. It's like, well, that's where it came from. It's like, yeah. But everyone else, this is, again, just in America that you're calling it that, everyone else just is just calling it COVID-19. Because that's the name that was given to it by the people researching it or looking into it. They gave it COVID-19. Coronavirus disease 19, 2019. That's its name. So him, like, it, it's do, being done for a reason. And I'm just like, this isn't the time for this bollocks. You're like, America needs, like, a, even if it's, you don't agree with what they're saying, they need a leader for some form of guidance, and you saw it from the uh, the governor of New York, whatever his name is. I'm not American. The fact I followed this this amount, I'm pretty proud with. But like, it's it's you saw it from the governor of New York almost pleading for leadership or some form of guidance or something for to kind of help them. Uh, but states are on their own. 
and he's out there. He was previously lashing out at states. Who were like he's blamed what called the Washington uh, governor or somebody or mayor or someone called the governor person a snake after they had their breakout. Like, like this isn't the time for that bollocks. Like, you need to be like, actually a leader and helping the. And the, today was the first time I heard him say it's nobody's fault. Well, it's kind of like, it's taken three months to get to that point, and now you're doing the Chinese virus thing, trying to shift the blame outside of America to a Chinese place. Like, why are you even blaming? Why are you even playing that game? Is this pure politics? <laughs> it always happens. Oh, thank God uh, I haven't got my former co-host burn on. We, we're both so interested in world politics that it take, we end up just spending ages talking about that. But yeah, so the bringing it back, <laughs> who knows how long this will last, and... I felt like I drifted so far. I was reversing. I was, reversing, I was talking about that, and they was the stock market. That was, that was answering a question, <laughs> and I already brought up the repetitive comment because I'd already said it myself, and it made me laugh. Most people wouldn't read out that kind of comment, but I'd just said it myself, <laughs> so it made me laugh that I saw it. Right, I've not actually checked Spreaker. No, like it's only Kath on Spreaker. Who <laughs> comments? Uh, yeah, uh, Kath is a regular fan. Love having you uh, checking every time. Right, AW, and then I'll sign off. Again, I rarely get questions about AW. Right, let's talk it. So, they were live from Jacksonville. Forgotten the name of the arena. Not written it down because, again, these notes were so last minute. Uh, the shot I've used on the image was Cody at the start of the show talking about just the awful situation. And they're going to do their best. Like the, like the gravity of being in the position that they are in to deliver entertainment to just give you a bit of escapism for a little amount of time. Like, shows, like the importance of the arts in this kind of time to kind of calm people and just given a little break from the like the crap, the awful the awful world at the moment. AW did an amazing job of adapting and creating two hours of television you could escape for. Or you could you could escape into for a tad, which was like it was for me, I kind of had a bit of a obviously had a bit of a week. I'm assuming most people have. And uh, shout out to Clive uh, from the Ricky and Clive show, uh, also two or five Clive who writes on the Laws of Pain website, who uh, uh was Obviously, uh, yeah, to shout out to him at the moment, who's struggling with real life stuff. But with, yeah, we're through a really crappy time for everybody. And AW gave me that escapism. Like, I was watching it uh, for the column, I was making my notes, and I was just like, I'm, a- I'm able to get lost in this. I'm enjoying what I'm watching. I'm getting into the stories and the characters and the- with them all interacting with each other. Uh, MJF and Sean Spears at ringside with their hijinks. Uh, Jake Snake Roberts making faces. My favourite face was after uh, Jungle Boy uh, went to... It's when the, the Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus had won the match and Jungle Boy was meant to dive through the ropes to just stop the Butcher from definitely getting in. And he, he went through the ropes and Butcher never got up <laughs> from earlier. So he, do, he, he, ran, he did the rebound off the ropes and then dived outside through the middle and then just like saw him and just like, kicked him and Jake, Jake Snake Roberts in the crowd gives an amazing reaction <laughs> he's kind of puts his hand to his head just like <laughs> just laughing at him just like oh dear <laughs> that was that was that was awkward and not great <laughs> oh, Jake, his reaction there was fantastic uh, and his promo later in the night I was like oh it was awesome that was he's such a great promo and the fact that he's again in a quiet crowd it's like oh this is the perfect Jake the Snake uh, aura to be giving uh, not also uh, also not forgetting that Jake the Snake like back in the eighties, he would deliver his promos in the quiet in those backstage bits, and it reminded me so much of that. Just listening to him like that, it was uh, so so awesome to listen to that promo. Uh, the Lance Archer VTR video package with him beating up a, yo- a load of 
people. Immediately I was just thinking, is that Matt Hardy's back garden? <laughs> but that tells you how much I know about America, where like each backyard location to me, is that the same backyard location as before? <laughs> I can't tell the difference of different states or places. I know that's Archer. I think he's from Dallas, because of the claw, the Texas thing, and the Von Eric stuff to do with that. Uh, so, yeah. But yes, AW did an amazing job of adapting. I really enjoyed the show. They shifted about their production as well. Having the wrestlers at ringside was a fantastic, again, shift of production because it gave a different... There were like side narratives going on throughout the show with MJF and Sean Spears. uh, Sean Spears eating constantly. (laughs) Pointed out by Jeff and uh, Dynamite After Dark. Just constantly eating. He also had a full bottle of wine. I think it was Merlot. Well, didn't really pay attention. (laughs) Just went, went, went straight through that. And on the other side, Colt Cabana, Sonny Kiss, Joey Janela, probably others. Dustin came out for the main event. Like you could hear that the chipper, the way more chipper tone in my voice. Like AEW, they just put on a show. I was able to escape, and that it, I really needed that. And it's just like thumb, like thumbs up, and a massive thank you for that. Like I was because my major difference between AEW, AEW Dynamite, and WWE this week was. One, you felt the awkwardness of the situation and I, the entire time, and I wasn't really able to escape into the world they were selling. I was, I was, I was able to be very, kind of entertained, apart from like the one hour I skipped. I was just taken up by something. But with AEW, I was yeah, I was able to escape into it and get invested in the world just like any other TV show, and that was so welcome. I haven't watched Westworld yet. <laughs> just, I need to get round to that. It's uh, yeah, I'm somebody who watches Westworld, but I've not bloody watched episode one. It's near the end of the week. Uh, but yeah, AEW was able to escape into. Really, really loved it. And the fact that they continued to build to blood and guts as well. Chris Jericho commentary was hilarious, fantastic. The Inner Circle, just so entertaining as well. Uh, it was, especially with the wrestlers as well. Someone pointed out that there's a lot more kind of strike offense or flashy stuff like uh, Pentag- uh, the Lucha Bros versus the Best Friends, which was really... High octane moves mixed in with the like loud chops and things, and you could hear people talking uh, within the match, and it really, really worked. Uh, I want to say that re- that came on for the rest of the show, but I was kind of just I wasn't analysing it that much by that point. I was just enjoying watching it, which again I desperately needed. That was great to see. And by the time the main event came about, like you felt the stakes as well. Like they they continued to sell the story, and again, it's just one of those things where you watch Hammond Page, and it's just like they have done such a good, fantastic rehab job with him with his character, and just watching him and Matt Jackson's interactions, like, it doesn't matter that there's not a crowd to react off of those reactions, they're still telling the story, and watching them, in, watching the two characters interact is just perfect. <laughs> it's just, they're building so damn well, uh, and the two reveals on the show as well, which, again, it's, it kind of sucks that this wasn't in front of a live crowd, because the pops for both of them would have been great, or the reactions to it, or especially with the Dark Order being built for so long, and Matt Hardy is a genuine, just out of nowhere thing, given how recent his WWE release was as well. Again, that's not a, oh, they've signed AEW guys. It's Luke Harper was like always, whilst he was still employed with WWE, he was like so strongly linked off. If he ever gets released, he's like, like the revival. When when the revival get released, it, like they're going to AEW. Like it's one of those where WWE will be like, we know where they're going. And <laughs> I don't know what they've done to try and help that, but. Yeah, maybe, maybe for all I know, that's why they're off television to try and diminish their value. Where well, I doubt it will work. <laughs> like fans will remember the revival, especially with the Young Bucks interactions and stuff. So yeah, for me, Brody Lee was kind of like that, where he was always destined to be going to AEW. 
and the fact that he's now here in a big role as well, which is kind of awesome to see. I know somebody put out a list of all... Uh, so far, AEW have signed and gave a list, and there's a, they all, they're all former WWE guys. And uh, I retweeted somebody... I don't know if they commented on that, but the conversation kind of was out there today with the two debuts of Matt Hardy and Brody Lee, uh, a.k.a. former Luke Harper. You know what that means. And... So, uh, so, see, that conversation was out there about them signing former wrestlers. Of course, that was always a thing with TNA. Where TNA would bring in a former WWE guy and immediately push him to the top. So, of course, AEW have somebody revealed in their closing segment, uh, which isn't really suddenly they're now the main event guy challenging for the champion when he's the fifth man in a ten-person match and he's not the main person. <laughs> it's a, it's not quite the equivalent. Uh, Brody Lee being revealed as the leader of Dark Order, he's going to be a major character. But, again, both guys have history, such strong history, with with the people inside the promotion. So it's not out of nowhere, or it's just a WWE name. Like, the day before, like literally the day before WrestleMania, where the Hardys returned, the Hardys were wrestling the Young Bucks in Ring of Honor. Like, 24 hours before. And to, to kind of exemplify... Or well, I guess I'll stick with them. Emphasize, there we go. To emphasize the fact of the, the, their friendship, it's like again, Matt Hardy kind of felt like whenever he'd leave, there was the rumors about NXT, but the immediate ones were going to AW. So that's kind of cool, <laughs> I guess, with um, Matt, uh, Matt Hardy there. Uh, but the whole thing of uh, the list of wrestlers, the one that made me laugh, on uh, terms of like people who AW signed, and they're all former WWE wrestlers. Uh, actually, before I get to that, I've realised I dropped another point. The people... I told you this would be a loose form. The people who are... Um, oh, what was it? Yeah, so the... Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> the... Um, yeah, so the people who are kind of talking in this manner, somebody just tweet, put it perfectly, just saying that WWE were the only game, or the biggest game, in town for about just under 20 years. So, of course... Any wrestler of note with a name in the Western world who can maybe draw, every one of them would have been through WWE. So it's not like, oh, how come they can't... It's, it's this weird thing where it's lose-lose for, I guess, a certain type of fan. Where, oh, I don't know these people. Who are these people? Uh, I'd rather there be a wrestler that I like. And then if you do sign... If, if you like that wrestler, that means they need to have been known. And to be to have been known in the last little while, they must have been in WWE. But as soon as being an AWWE person... Uh, they have that other reaction of, oh, they're signing WWE people. Oh, how dare they decide WWE people? It's like, well, which one is it? Because you got angry at both of them. And, of course, the building stars thing takes time. And to get people to tune in, you need recognisable names. But all the recognisable names are former WWE guys. So if you can't have former WWE games, how the hell do you get recognisable names? And if you... Then you build... How do you build young stars without those recognisable names to put them over? Yeah. <laughs> it's lose-lose. <laughs> Good decide no matter what. But to then finally take it back to my final point, the list of names on there, obviously any big ones like Chris Jericho, John Moxley, uh, added on there Matt Hardy and Brody Lee. The one that stuck out was Cody Rhodes. The person, wherever it was, I can't remember the Twitter handle, probably, again, I didn't have any time. Five minutes before I was live, that was when I started my very loose notes. <laughs> but with, uh, yeah, so with the... Uh, Cody Rhodes being on that list, I was just kind of like, that's like saying that's like that's like putting Jeff Jarrett on the list of TNA wrestlers that they took from WWE. Like you wouldn't put Jeff Jarrett on the list of people that TNA brought in to then put over as a former WWE person. 
the guy invented the thing. AEW, <laughs> one of the one of the main people in AEW existing is Cody Rhodes. It'd be it's, it's it's a little bit weird to put him on the list of all oh, former WWE guys that they've signed and then pushed. It's like, but he's one of the main, and he completely reinvented himself after leaving WWE over the course of three or four years. Whenever he left, he left in 2016. I think, no, yes, he left in 2016 because he was at WrestleMania 32. Yeah, so Cody left in 2016, completely rebuilt himself over the next three years. Then by the time AEW launches, he's this is massively over, beloved babyface uh, on an incredible scale that reminds me so much of the love for Dusty. It's, uh, for what I've seen of Dusty, obviously, I wasn't born until 1992. But you get, you get the point, the archive footage is still there. But it, it's, for me, it's, kind of, it's really, really weird <laughs> to see. It's like, you put them on the list, but ignore all context. Uh, tw- oh, I keep forgetting, Twitter's not the place for context, is it? <laughs> you have to make your black and white point. And it's, so, oh, grey uh, gray areas don't exist, oh, context doesn't exist. Oh, I'm making my point, damn it. No, <laughs> these things do exist in the world off of Twitter. So, uh, now, my big recommendation with social media is just get off it. Talk to people just outside of social media and just, yeah. It, it's really good to make sure that you, you see the world for the bloody complex thing it is on social media it kind of gets pushed to this black and white good or bad kind of feeling and it's that's not how the world works so it's yeah that's the only that's for me my biggest downside of that because i don't engage with a lot of the, uh, the the i guess the dark side of twitter or the trolling on twitter i just ignore it i tend to not get involved in any of the arguments rarely unless it's with like people that i know then i rarely will chip in on something or have a go at someone uh, today I was tired I think I did I might have deleted it afterwards <laughs> it's just yeah but yes in closing AEW I was so happy that I was able to escape into this world just for two hours and I, I watch on Fight TV as well so I get the full two hours I get them uh, joshing about in the breaks uh, it was oh, the commentators were so fun <laughs> this week uh, Excalibur Taz and Jim Ross uh, They it felt like they had a really fun time uh, and that came across on the commentaries, well, it came across from when I was watching it. I enjoyed the show. I was able to escape. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Right, I'm repeating myself again, which tells me I'm finished. <laughs> it's happened. Right. And there has been... I will check Spreaker as well. Again, it's only Kath, and Kath's not available. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, n- n- hardly anyone... Apart from when WWE really annoy people. Like, that's the only time I get comments on Spreaker. <laughs> Either if Kath's able to tune in, one of the regular fans, or... If WWE have pissed everybody off, that's the only time I get comments on Spreaker. Otherwise, it's just the YouTube stuff. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I'm thankful for everybody who comments. I'm not saying I value Spreaker more. She's just <laughs> a little. I think I'm value YouTube. Anyway, uh, Safet Chekovic. I'm saying, che- yeah. Oh, also, with that, that's just reminding me of uh, Dijakovic. <laughs> just like, oh, I want to say Dijakovic. Oh, it's video data. It's Dijakovic. Oh, like, I want to say the name is. Kakovic, <laughs> which is uh, essentially what's being, yeah, yeah. Anyway, this coronavirus is getting crazy. I hope it goes away and everything gets back to normal. It's one of those fingers crossed. We're seeing the peaks. We've seen South Korea and China die down. Uh, with China currently, it's the dying down. Really, then people go back out. Hospitals close. Apparently, there's been no new cases yesterday. I don't know about today, but the worry in doing that is what if the virus comes back. Once you get people back out there, does it spread again? We don't know because we don't. This is a brand new thing. We don't know. We still don't really know that much about it. Uh, and in terms of the scientific research in the scientific world, they're doing incredible research, incredible showing between people from all over the world, and it just takes time, unfortunately. 
It's one of those where people are really optimistic it will go away. So the question is, what is what damage is done in the meantime? What happens to not just again, there's the people, there's the economies, there's the I guess relationships in the time, the locking down. What's that done to people as well as business? Uh, it's like in terms of like just pissing people off as well. Like my brother's wife works in retail at a jewelry store that's still open. It's kind of like that is so non-essential. Why the hell is that store still open? And this like the news about GameStop as well, where like she's in a very because it's not that's all news about GameStop, and like that's exactly the same thing that's happening to my brother's wife, where they've not got any hand sanitizer provided to them. They've got a hand, they've got a sink in the back to wash their hands in, but somebody's got to be on the floor all the time, and they're understaffed. So when the hell are they going to wash their hands? Yeah, <laughs> it's just little things. Uh, yeah, that, that's what's currently happening in the UK, I guess. Uh, but yeah, we've got daily briefings from a prime minister and some experts, so that's really really helping inform people just to uh, get the message out there. Um, that's to, in terms of recommendations, yeah, I've seen the uh, New York governors kind of just started doing something like that, and from far, what I can tell, it's working. But that's just from the snippets I've seen. I don't actually know. It's just him being there as a vocal voice. If the president's not going to lead them, then I guess the leaders of individual states will have to step up and do it, which really worries me about the states which are more in line with the Trump thing. Well, people in power are more in line with that. It's just like, will they take leadership and? Just do take action that desperately needs to be taken, uh, whilst there isn't any leadership from the top. It doesn't mean there won't ever be; it just means currently there isn't. So, yeah, I've drifted again into politics. I didn't want to do it because <laughs> it's, it's so tightly. T- this whole thing is so tightly tied to it in America. Um, oh, oh, you're from New York. Oh, that's a massive coincidence. So here in the UK, it's London, which well, shouldn't surprise anybody. Which I'm assuming it's the same situation in New York, where it's such a hub. That it's like a hotbed for the thing, and it's. Uh, I know our numbers in London are doubling incredibly quickly, and that's where a major worry is. And all of the advice given by the prime minister and the uh, scientific experts that speak with him, like, is to take extreme caution with all the things we're telling you. If you live in the major city of like London, and I'm assuming New York is very similar. I saw the fifty percent workforce thing as well. It's uh, it's one of the things where I've had it on in the background because it's nice to kind of get updated. And all of that stuff. It's a crappy situation. It sucks. It could last. God knows how long this will last. The at least people are still relatively positive that it will be able to shake this off by the end of the year. I guess it should be the vaccine won't arrive. And in terms of that current progress, the thought is it won't arrive till the end of the year, uh, and we won't really know in terms of the fading away thing of it until we see with China, but. China were extremely strict with their lockdowns and getting people into hospitals. It's one of the things where the joke I was, I was making at the time, uh, I put in a column that I deleted this week because uh, there was like there was misinformation in there or misunderstood information, and I was like, I could correct the stuff, but the comments pointing those things out will always be on the column, so I've just deleted it. It's rather I guess, save the integrity of having a column of misinformation there, just get rid of it. Um, but one of the things I had in there was uh, yeah, in China you might have got. Um, you might have been dragged by your ankles to the hospital, but the healthcare was free. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, it was free though. So, uh, um, but yeah, so they were really strict in like testing people, getting them into hospitals to, to the point where there was footage of people being dragged out of their apartments to the hospitals. Um, I don't, I don't think that's what I mean by the different context between different nations. Like in terms, you have to according to the uh, like the people from who you have to analyze it country by country because no country is the same in terms of like the the climate of the thing beforehand. 
and how they've handled it like is different between everybody. And of course, UK and US are a major advantage that we can learn from those other countries rather than just block them and blame them. We can learn from what happened there. And that at least those talks are about in both countries, like seeing what's happened, taking that information. Uh, New York, from what I can tell, are taking massive inspiration from what's happened in the European countries in terms of how to do it, what not to do, what to do it better. Uh, Los Angeles, they're another fantastic example of doing something which has had a massive effect, uh, where they shut all the schools, they closed a lot of stuff. But that, that that's had a massive impact on their kind of healthcare infrastructure and those key individuals that are needed, because that was a phrase used by Boris Johnson yesterday, where key individuals, those kids, will stay in school because they are needed. LA closed the schools with no such plan like that, and that's the lesson you can take. It sucks for LA, if anyone lives in LA, obviously. I don't know if they've fixed it since, but that's why New York has done what it's done, I'm assuming. They've seen what happened in LA, and it's like, well, we can't just close everything and expect everything to work the same. Like, no, people who work in hospitals have kids. Suddenly, if they can't work at the hospital because their kids are home, obviously that has an effect, so... That fifty percent workforce. See if that works. Can learn from that. So yeah, oh uh, yeah. I, I did say earlier I wasn't going to get too much into it, uh, but yeah. The positive thing for me is AW put on a show that I really enjoyed. WWE put on a show that I enjoyed in part and was able to watch quickly because I just replayed matches. Which again, the issue being that I felt like I was being constantly reminded of the awkwardness of the crappy situation in AW. I was able to escape. That's the major difference for me. For me. Who knows, WWE might take influence from what AEW did and maybe focus a bit strong on story. It seems to be focusing strong on promos, which I thought worked. AEW put on just... The wrestling worked, and because they had invested in the crowd, there was at least people to react to it. It wasn't as awkward as pure silence. There was... It was like a smattering, <laughs> in a way. Uh, yeah. But yeah, for me, AEW adapted better, but they adapted better in the kind of show they were doing. WWE seemed to be didn't want to veer too far from the normal path, and that maybe cost them. Whilst AW were like, we're just gonna do our, we're just gonna do a loose fun show, and that worked really well. So yeah. So anyway, thank you for listening to all of this. This is a little bit shorter than normal, uh, like understandable given the situations. That the fact that it's I've been able to throw this together in the time I had is for me incredible. <laughs> just the pace at which I was rushing about with before I went live here was insane. Uh, I've, I've I'm running, I've run out of stuff <laughs> to really say about this. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully I'll be back next week. I've, I'll put something out on Twitter, obviously, depending to see what happens. Uh, who knows what the state of everything will be in a week's time. It's changed so much in just this one week. It changes so much from like day to day. That Again, the daily briefings we got over here are so useful because of that. Uh, obviously then you get pissed off when something that you feel like really needs to be addressed isn't. But there's so many things to be addressed that it's also understandable. Uh, yeah, it's a sucky situation. But hopefully I'll be back next week. I'll have the escapism to talk about again. Uh, yeah, if uh, if, it was, if I had a bit more, maybe I should try and get a guest for next week to try and fill a bit more time because people are stuck at home and maybe you want content to kind of uh, pass the time away. Uh, I'll see what I can do there, maybe. If I find the time to do it, if, even if I've got the time to do this show, I'll, I'll tweet out stuff. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, I should be back here next Thursday. I'll tweet if I'm not. Uh, who knows what I'm going to do for WrestleMania as well? I'm doing two aftershocks. I, I'm I'm British. I'm English. Doing two aftershocks is like mental. <laughs> no, I don't know what I'll be doing, but I'll be I'll be hopefully live next week. Uh, but please do check out our other shows. Again, all of these shows are I get subjected to change given the current situation. Like who knows what life will be like for these people by the time they, it's time to air the shows. So just. 
an asterisk on everything. But I'll be hopefully back next Thursday. Uh, live after AW Dynamite, we have our re- immediate recap show in Dynamite After Dark with Jamman and Jeff. That one is currently up on the podcast feed. I'll try and get it up onto the uh, YouTube feed tomorrow. Yeah, this yeah, immediate show. I need to get that quicker, but obviously today. Circumstances, <laughs> obviously a bit more important. Uh, Fridays is the Legacy Series talking about NWA Power. Uh, NWA Power is now currently on hiatus with everybody else. So... I don't know what they'll be doing. They might go on hiatus until NWA come back. Saturday's reserved for our All Elite coverage with their pay-per-views. Sunday's reserved for WWE's pay-per-view coverage. Obviously, WrestleMania coming up. Maybe we'll do something. And uh, what do <laughs> Tuesday's is Kingdom of Honor with Jamal and Jeff where they talk about all this other stuff. Uh, Wednesday's might be me if I shift because of AW Dark already being on Wednesday. Currently, it's the it was Sports Entertainment is Dead with Plan who has recently ended and we'll try and Put that in. Uh, stay safe as well, other commenter um, uh, who was flipping back and forth with AW and NXT, which I hear a lot of Americans do. Jeff, the crazy person as, uh, who covers Dynamite After Dark, has in the past had NXT on one device and AW on the other device simultaneously. <laughs> the crazy man. And then he has a show on one of them. Like, how do you focus? <laughs> I can't do that. Uh, anyway, uh, I'll hopefully be back next week just for a little bit of escapism. Thank you for listening to all of this. With that, I bid you adieu. Adios. And I clicked the end stream button halfway through that word. Well done, me. <laughs> Just, yeah. Kudos to me. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to this. I'm going to crash in bed and uh, hope tomorrow isn't too draining <laughs> as well. Uh, again, making the best of a crappy situation. Yeah. Also, I will be... Uh, go down to my parents to help them out. They're both over 60. One of them's uh, got diabetes, so it's been advice not to go out. So, again, this show could be in a little bit of jeopardy. wasn't going to say that to the YouTube people. <laughs> but I might be able to say it. It would be fine anyway, but we'll find out next week. So thank you for listening. Again, you're the podcast people. You get to hear the little bonus of listening to the theme tune play. With that, I say thank you. Hopefully see you all next week. Uh, bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.